Recently, some Ontario Catholic school boards have been debating whether they should fly the Pride flag during the month of June, which in Ontario, not sure if that's the same everywhere, is Pride Month. Needless to say, there are passionate feelings on both sides of the issue, and it's painful to see that the discussion about how best to promote inclusivity is a cause for division. But let's remember that we already have a symbol that stands for inclusivity, the cross. Not only does it stand for inclusivity, but for acceptance, respect, compassion, and sensitivity. It also stands for selflessness and sacrifice. The cross is a symbol that is visible in every Catholic institution. It reminds us of a love that is centered on others, not on self. In a reflection about this very topic, the Archdiocese of Toronto says that the cross outside every Catholic school signals our commitment that all who enter the building are welcomed and loved in their beauty and uniqueness as children of God. We don't need to embrace any secular symbols. Wherever there is injustice or rejection, wherever there is hate, we need look to no other symbol than the cross. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I am Billy Chan. And Billy, can you believe it's it's already the fifth week of Easter? Like we're almost... Yeah. It actually has felt like it's been a long Easter for some reason, for me anyway. No, but it's, it's, it's also already halfway to 2021. <laughs> You're right. Can almost, you believe that? I, almost. It's already May. Yes. Yeah. I just cannot believe, like, you know, I, I still feel that I'm in 2020. I just cannot pass over. I mean, you know, over that like pandemic mood, you know? Yes. Yeah. We're we're still in Lent. It's still Lent 2020 COVID. (laughs) Um, Anyway. um, But because it's May, um, I'm sure you've heard Billy about the, the, that the Holy Father has invited uh, everyone around the world to pray the rosary. Daily rosary. So, but do do you know that there's a, there's a movement? So every day there are 30 shrines that are going to be praying the rosary live. Really? Um, yes. And uh, we are going to be airing them on Salt and Light television and Salt and Light wow. Plus. I don't um, know in the world. Is this 30 shrines in the world? Or yeah, just... 30 shrines from around the world. Um, wow. Starting, it started on May 1st. I think if, you, if people have not heard about it, they should go check, check out, look, look up. Uh, rosary marathon or or, wow. or international rosary to end the pandemic holy father no, Pedro, let me, to- yeah let me tell you this you know since the pandemic like march you know since we need to work from home march 20 yeah uh, 2020 i basically pray rosary every single day wow yeah you and a lot Until of people now. i think i think a lot of people have been doing that in the power of the rosary but can you imagine everybody around the world praying the rosary every day for for the whole month so yeah. so that should be great so yeah so people should look it up. And uh, if you have access to Salt and Light TV, we're airing them every day and also access on Salt and Light Plus now. Believe yeah. that uh, I, I mentioned to our listeners last week that uh, we now have an app, Salt and Light Plus. It's an um, amazing app. You know, you can just go and check it out. Every single show that we have uh, uh, broadcast in the documentaries, there's a lot of documentaries there as well. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I mentioned last week that this is something that will particularly interest our listeners in the United States. So yeah. before you may not have had access, we had a lot of free content on our website, but now all our content is available through this app 
Um, so you just have to purchase the app, download it, and then you can watch all our programs and our live stream. So our daily program stream, you can watch it. And there's lots of really good stuff there. Exactly. Um, so Billy, we continue with a regular salt and light hour today. Jillian is going to be with us. She's going to share nice. something that she learned from her kids uh, today. Uh, that's in about 20 minutes. And then Billy, you have a question. Yes. You know, I love music. Uh-huh. I just never yes. perform here and you never like, you know, invite me to be, you know, to interview me. Oh, Billy, you're right. your music. You're right. Music, no. Billy is an accomplished piano player and sing. Okay. Ne- very soon. Maybe not next week. We'll, we'll have Billy singing on the show. Yeah. But I love music. So I think uh, our liturgy depends a lot on music and music just help us. So the question today on church for dummy is about music. Yes, very good. And, and, and I am happy to answer any question. I hope it has to do with music and the liturgy. That's what I'm thinking. So <laughs> we'll talk about that. That's in about 15 minutes uh, in Church for Dummies. And then, Billy, I know that you, you know that you're, you're going to be a saint, right? I, no, my, my goal is to be a saint. You're yes, right. Of course. Yeah. So now my question to you is, what do you do so that every day you are more and more holy? Are, are there oh. things that you do, Billy, or do you struggle? Is it a confession it? moment? Now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Billy, confession. You know, I try to, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, I just, uh, Mother Teresa is one of the person that okay. I look up to a lot. And she, oh, I, one of the quotes, I, I cannot, because of my language, you know, I cannot just say it yes. word by word. But, but what she said is, do uh, the little thing. Yes, yeah, small uh, things. And that's, do a small thing that and that will be enough because um, uh, to do love on small things. Yeah, that's well, what they well, well good. And I think that, that that means that you're gonna like our featured interview today because it's oh, all about the little things that you can do. Um Wow. To get holy. So I'm holding a book here. Of course, our listeners can't see it. Billy can see it. It's called Habits for Holiness. Um, and it's a it's a book that was written by a Franciscan friar. Uh, mm-hmm. Franciscan Friar of the Renewal, Father Mark Mary Ames. Um, so it's he says that it's small steps. There you go, small things. Small steps for making big spiritual progress. So that's habits for holiness. So if you want to be holy and you want to, you don't have to do big things like Mother Teresa said. You have to do little things. Um, so small steps. So we're going to be speaking with Father Mark Mary aims uh in our second half hour so billy uh-huh. you don't want to miss that conversation so you can get I won't, some more I won't, some more I won't. tips I, on on how to be a saint i need to do a lot of small things <laughs> we all do <laughs> we all do so that's coming up in our second half hour and then at the end of the show you might remember uh we had on the program about a year and a half ago a very well-known canadian christian singer-songwriter steve bell he was actually in our studio visiting and uh-huh. uh um i had heard about steve I don't know, 20 years ago, he's really been around for a long time. And at the time he had just published a series of a book with reflections following the liturgical year, but now Steve has a new album. So it's a good excuse to have him back on the show. The album is called, wouldn't you love to know? And I wouldn't you love to know why he picked that title for the for, for the album? So we're going to ask him that. Um, Is there any secrets? <laughs> yes, I'm sure he'll tell us. So I'm really looking forward to having Steve Bell on the program with us today. Uh, he's he's really a, a, a star in Christian yeah. music here in Canada. So um, remember, everyone, if you're not going to be around to listen to the whole show, go to our website, slmedia.org. 
That's where you can podcast the show. You can also listen to this program on your Roku or anywhere you get your podcasts. So let's start with a song. A song? Yes. It's not going to be Billy singing, but maybe (laughs) soon. Um, Here is Steve Bell with In Praise of Decay from his new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know. There were older ways of living, much wiser than the ways we Forgiving of the limits we're inclined to know. Native to this land that God has given us to grow. The seeds of love, the shoot of faith, the tree of hope.
That was Steve Bell with In Praise of Decay from his new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know? And we're going to be speaking with Steve Bell in about 45 minutes. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed the beginning of the program or if you're not going to be around for the rest of the show, go to slmedia.org podcast. All our programs are archived there. Now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you having a, a blessed Easter season? Yes, I am blessed with my children all around me. <laughs> <laughs> I am blessed with good health and a home. Yes. And the weather is starting to look springish. So that is a blessing as well. Yes. So yes. This is good. This is like. Now it's time for Count Your Blessings with Jillian and Deacon Pedro. Count Your Blessings. Yes. Except for the rain. Oh, the rain. Even the rain is a blessing. Yes. Yes. So have you learned anything from your kitties this, uh, these last weeks? I have indeed. Um, it's a good one too. It's a relief. This is what I've learned. I am not responsible for the salvation of the world. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because if I was, I'd be doing a really terrible job. <laughs> So I'm just yes. thankful every day that that is not my vocational calling to save the world. Good. Um, yeah. Now, how I've learned this. Good question. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's surprising to anyone listening here that we as Catholics live a life that is countercultural to the rest of the world. Just by being who we are, um, living the life that we live, following the teachings of the church, um, embracing our morals and our values, we are set apart I guess, from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, there will come division. Um, those same morals and values and teachings that we're trying to follow make people angry. There's things that we believe that they don't believe. Uh, we can take a stance on issues that will be upsetting to some people. So yes, so we live in this countercultural way and we have to, I guess, yeah, do our best to live um, at peace with people who are going to disagree with us and probably be angry with us because of some of the things that we believe. For some reason, I find that more manageable and more easy to handle than I do when we counter that own division. That's when we counter that division within our own church. When among Catholics, um, yeah, we find that same division, that same um, anger because of what someone believes versus what someone else believes. So just like any other part of the world, there's that spectrum of right to left and liberal to conservative. And even if you try to live your life straight down the middle, you're never going to make everybody happy. There's always going to be somebody who's angry with you or doesn't believe what you believe. And I feel like the world today is more quick to anger. So it's not that we're willing to have conversations, but we're, we're very quick to get angry about what's my right versus what's your right. Um, and, and really grown-up temper tantrums it's like Mm -hmm. I want my way and I'm going to get mad until I get my way now the reason I'm talking about this is because presently in our school board we are experiencing some division among us as Catholics Um, there's an issue that's quite heated an argument a conversation that's making a lot of people mad on both sides Um, now David and I we have we have managed to stay out of the argument as much as possible. We've sent emails where we feel it's appropriate and we've talked to the people we feel like we need to talk to. But other than that, we've tried to stay on the outside of the argument. And I feel like that's, it's been because of the emotional pull I know it could take if I was even more involved. Um, 
I'm not prepared to be at the receiving end of someone's anger. I'm not emotionally or maybe even mentally equipped Mm -hmm. to engage in a debate with someone. I know what I believe. I feel in my heart, um, but I don't feel like I can engage in a conversation with someone else without becoming too emotional, without being trampled. It's just, I don't want to get involved in this particular conversation. And with that comes a bit of guilt. Um, often I'm thinking, you know, if I could just, if I could just say this to this person, I'm sure I could convince them or convert them or make them think a different way. Um, so I'm, I've, yeah, just been struggling with that. Am I doing enough? Um, am I, am I, am I saving the world? Um, am I, am I doing the right thing? And I don't know the answer to that. And in, and then there's also the fear of, you know, here we are doing our best to te- instill in our children a love of Jesus, a love for the ch- church and its teachings, knowing full well that we are now sending them out into the world that will hate them for it. So it's like, here you go, kid, love the Lord, follow the church, uh, you know, read this, read the Bible, follow scriptures. The world is going to hate you. Good luck. It feels against every um fiber of my mama being that I would be doing that to my children. And it's very scary um, knowing what sort of world we might be putting our kids into. So those are all my fears <laughs> and my woes. Now, um, as you know, in Ontario, we're presently in lockdown. So that for us, that means that school is online and our kids are at home learning. Um, now I've got kids all over the house on various computers, including Clara, who's with me most of the day in the kitchen, and Annie, who's just next door in the dining room. Um, and they both don't like to wear headsets. So I get to hear the goings on of their classroom for most of the day. Now, as we're experiencing this grown up debate within the school board, I'm hearing my children, um, Clara that week happened to be the student of the week in her classroom. And with that came a number of responsibilities and privileges. One of them was that she got to read to her class from her favorite book. And Clara chose Mary stories, which is a collection of stories uh, about Mary, as the title indicates. So she said to her class, I want to read you the story about the childhood of Mary, because I don't think a lot of us think about what it was like for Mary to be a child. And so she started the story talking about Anne and Joachim and and their desire to have a baby and their longing and prayer for their their baby. And and it was just lovely hearing her express herself so purely um, and innocently, just sharing this story with her classmates. Then an hour or so later from the next room, I hear Annie's religion teacher and he's asking this question of how does the church contribute to the common good of society? And Annie, um, her answer was along the lines of the church participates in the world and offers lots of different groups and communities, um, uh, lots of different opportunities to the community. And that way, if people don't know Jesus, they have an opportunity to come to know Jesus. And in those sweet little innocent answers, I felt a lot of things. I felt pride. I was very grateful for who they are as young women, that they would be able to express themselves so confidently about their faith. Um, I felt comforted. I felt reassured. I felt relieved. And I was reminded in those moments of one of my favorite scriptures, and i I often forget that it's one of my favorite scriptures until I hear it or I'm reminded of it. It's John 16, in this world, you will have trouble, but take courage for I have conquered the world. 
we have a lot of trouble in this world mm -hmm. but it's already been taken care of mm -hmm. and it's not my responsibility to save the world that's yes. been done thank you jesus has come and he has <laughs> conquered sin and death that job is over it's done i don't need to take care of it praise the lord that's not my responsibility what i need to do what god is calling me to do is to raise my kids to love him and to have the confidence and the desire to serve him and to speak up and to just, as those two girls did that day in class, just tell, tell their friends, tell their classmates, tell their teachers about who Jesus is to them, um, who Mary is to them, what their faith means to them. If they can continue doing that just as confidently, just as innocently, just as lovingly as they did on that day, then I think I've done my job or I am doing my job, continuing to do my job, but it is not my job to save the world. God will look after that. I'm just going to keep raising these kids as best as I can. And though it is fearful to put them out into a world that will hate them, I was reassured that, that I was reassured that day that they, with their little baby steps, one by one, they will handle it. They can handle it. And so can mm -hmm. I. So. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I, I've been struggling with that same very issue. Um, but it's always a good reminder to know that, yeah, the battle's been won. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that it's good to remember that some of the world might hate us, but not all of the world. Yeah. And I'm always yeah. surprised. Oh, I, I don't how, to paint it so dark. I know. But... I'm always surprised at, at how actually we're we're less hated than we think we are um, and, <laughs> and there are lots news. of good signs of of acceptance and love out there for for who we are and what we stand for and what we do so that's a good lesson for <laughs> good lesson for all of us jill thank you thank you and your kids for sharing that lesson with us today <laughs> I, did, I did tell them i did tell them how proud i was of them that day um, and I just encourage them to keep it up that they can yes. do that yeah good relief i like it Thank you, Jillian Cantor. Always learning something from her kids. Always all. Yep. <laughs> She's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Hey, I'm Sarah Kroger, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Just subscribe, and the show will be delivered right to your device. Now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, who has a question about music. Yes, the, re the reason is this. It's very simple. You know, it's a complaint. Actually, it's a complaint. It's a complaint. Okay. okay. So I remember we had a conversation with the youth group and the liturgy group. And I think you understand. I think you already know what I'm going to say. The, the youth group really want to, you know, like present some kind of songs that is like... Uh, uh, very like a uh, new, you know, but yeah, uh, uh, the liturgy team saying that no, 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 you know, always no, 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 you know, there's always no, so right. the thing is this, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you the whole full story, I just want to know what will be the rule, what are the rules that what kind of music that we can show, uh, in church, um, in, in, in the liturgy during mass. Uh, what yeah. are the rules? It sounds like everyone have their own version. Yeah, no, you're right, and and I have heard those uh, arguments as well. <laughs> um, I think that a lot of times the arguments are are uh, 
biased by people's personal preferences on what is what is reverent and what is not and so some people might say oh you can't have you know rock music or you can't have drums because that's not reverent whereas i would say the instrument itself is not what makes it reverent is how you use the instrument or how you play it you know if if you are a bad guitar player <laughs> then but your heart is being very reverent, then yeah, I guess you're being reverent, but it sounds bad. That's not going to help people pray. So mm -hmm. the, the main rule about, about uh, music and liturgy has to do with, with the, you know, the second Vatican council uh, directives on, on liturgy that it's, yeah. it's gotta be, it's gotta help people pray. It's gotta, it's gotta serve the liturgy. So if you're doing your own show, your own performance, it has nothing to do with the liturgy. It, 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 it's going to be, it's not going to be liturgical. So that's mm. really the basic. And if people want to know, there is a document and the document that they should read is called Sacrosanctum Concilium. Sacrosanctum Concilium is the constitution on the sacred liturgy. Um, so it's all about liturgy and there's a whole section on music. So if they really want to know, and that document, in fact, does not say anything about instruments or about genre of music. So if it's classical or if it's Baroque or if it's, uh, rock. folk song if it's rock music or it doesn't matter as long as it's appropriate for the liturgy and what makes it appropriate for the liturgy is that it serves the purpose that that song is supposed to serve in the liturgy so if it's accompanying the opening hymn it's got to accompany the opening hymn and sorry accompany the entrance procession and encourage people to sing together as we gather I, together I, right i like what you you said it's not about me that right it's not about what kind of music I want to perform? What, how, how, it's not about, I want to show you my talent. It's about, basically what you just said is about how can you bring people to Exactly, liturgy. exactly. And, but each liturgical uh, moment has a purpose. So the offertory song is there to, 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 it's, it's there what, to, to accompany with the movement that the priest is doing while we prepare the altar. Mm -hmm. um, the communion, you know, you shouldn't do a communion song about Mary because that's not what communion is about. It should be a Eucharistic, uh, mm. uh song. Uh, mm -hmm. So now in terms of style of music or genre, um, Sacrosanctum Concilium does say that the church acknowledges that Gregorian chant is especially suited to the Roman liturgy. So that's how it says it. It doesn't say that it's better for liturgy or that it's the preferred uh, style of music to be used. It says that Gregori Gregorian chant is especially suited to the Roman liturgy. But I would say that if you are doing bad Gregorian chant, it's not <laughs> going to help the liturgy. It's just going to be bad. And most, most people in regular parishes don't know how to do chant because chant is supposed to be done by monks in a monastery in unison. Exactly. You know, it's got to be perfect. And if you don't know, you know, I never understood chant until I actually went to evening prayer at a monastery once. Yeah. And then same. I thought like, wow, that's what it's supposed it's to be. It's amazing, right? But it is amazing, but you never see that in a parish because that's just not the reality of a parish. So yeah. if you have a guitar and some people, some priests will say, oh, that means that, that the preferred instrument is the organ. It's like, no, if you don't have an organ player and you have someone that can play guitar and they're very reverent and the song choice is appropriate, um, then I, I would say that, that, uh, that you can really do anything you want 
that's, if it's that's, liturgical, that's if it's liturgical and congregational. And there are lots of options, lots of publishers that are that are dedicated to 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 publishing music that is specific uh, for the liturgy. Um, that's a very good answer. That's what I would you. say. I mean, you know, some of the people they when when they uh, suggesting music, um, some, we we basically need to look at a lot of different things. In what you just said, you know, look at uh, if it's appropriate, and also if uh, who who are the person that I'm going to serve. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, if there are a lot of people that is not into like pop music or, or things, so you know we need to think about if the music can bring them to God. That's, that is the, the main pop. That's main, really, main and, and you said something, I mean, you said something important. We, there, there's a, there's a word in, in our faith, in our, in our, mm-hmm. in our tradition that's called inculturation. So that means that the, that the, the faith and, and the liturgy is an expression of our, our faith has to be rooted in the culture. So if you go to Africa of course, yeah. they're going to have more drums and and maybe dancing Dance. because that's part of their culture. But you know, you're not going to have dancing in a Catholic church in Hong Kong because that's just not part of the culture. No. But there might be instruments that are specific to a Chinese culture. Yeah, that will make sense. So Gregorian chant is really not part of our culture anywhere. I mean, that was the 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 cult, the, the, Rome, that was the right? popular culture 800 years ago or more, <laughs> right? So. So what is what is appropriate for your parish, for your culture, for your reality? If it's a youth mass for young people, it's different than if it's a mass for old people that came from Portugal. So right. So I think that that you have to take all of that into consideration. And That's the, good. It's, and the point is to, exactly to, to to draw people closer into the mystery of the liturgy. So there you go, people. Look at Sacrosanctum Concilium, Sacrosanctum Concilium, the Constitution on Sacred Liturgy. That's a Vatican II document. Thank you, Billy. That's a good question. Thank you, Pedro. Anytime you want to have questions about music, um, ask us here. Bijo Chan. You can uh, send him questions and reach him through Twitter at Bijo Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, Forming Habits for Holiness with Father Mark Mary Ames and a featured conversation with Canadian Christian troubadour Steve Bell. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. I think that while most of us don't think that we are saint material, we do want to go to heaven. And guess what? That means holiness. Yet holiness is something that we all struggle with. Most of us don't even know where to begin. But holiness for everyone in everyday life is not a new thing. However, it's never a bad time to give the idea a refresh and to find tips for taking small steps that will help make us more and more holy. And I think that was the hope that Father Mark Mary Ames of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal had when he wrote Habits for Holiness, a book that takes 800 years of Franciscan wisdom and turns them into small, tangible steps for anyone to find holiness. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Father Mark Mary Ames. Father, uh, welcome to the program. It's good to meet you. Good, Deacon. Thank you for having me. Great to meet you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's fair to say, I think you'll agree that holiness is, is for a lot of people an abstract concept. Um, why did 
you want to make it practical for people. Yeah, Deegan, I think, um, you know, we, we meet people and we meet so many good people along the way. And, and there's, they've expressed this desire again and again and again. Like, I, I love Jesus and mm. I want to follow him radically and I want to give him everything. But what, but I'm like, I'm a mom, I'm a coach, yeah. I'm a teacher. And it's like, where, where do I begin? What does it yeah. look like? Um, cause we, we are, are, are lay faithful. Like, um, they, they look around and maybe they don't see what it looks like mm. for their state in life. And so my hope was to, to just kind of break things down, make it very accessible and reasonable. Like here's, here's what it can look like. Here's the next best step. Yeah. And I think you've done that. And, and it's actually, I don't mean this as a bad thing. I think it's simpler than I expected it to be. And I, and I think that that's what makes it, makes it good. Can you explain a little bit? Uh, so you go through these habits. I, I, I like the pun. Uh, the, um, what are some of the habits that you list in the book? Um, and maybe, maybe tell us which, which is the one that maybe helped you more as you were uh, growing towards holiness. Yeah, great. And, and I think maybe just to respond to the, the approach method real quick, yeah. I do think as the church, we have this great patrimony of, 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 of really exultant, like mysticism, right. right? And, and heroic sanctity. Yeah. And you know, it's like, that's beautiful. It's inspiring, but we're not going to, we're not going to get there if we don't figure out some sort of prayer schedule. Right. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so that's, that's kind of yeah. what I wanted to get into again, is just like the real basics next steps only because um, I just don't know that there's a ton of material kind of mm -hmm. that is hitting on, on that level. Mm -hmm. So and like so the foundation, so, so the basic kind of foundational things. And I love you mentioned prayer schedule. Like that's pretty basic. Yeah. You're not going to pray if you don't set a time and a place to do it right. every day. Yeah. Right. And it's so, and so like, you're not going to be, you know, St. Teresa of Avila if you're not praying. And, and probably if you don't have some sort of prayer schedule, you're not yeah. going to be praying, you know. And so it's right. so just kind of going to the very, very basic step yeah. one. And so we talk about prayer. We talk yeah. about living as family, about finding a direction, value, meaning mm -hmm. uh, from the church's own liturgical seasons. Um, Christian simplicity, which is at the service of intimacy and prayer for all of us. And then, you know, some, some mission prim primarily linked in our based in our identity as sharing in priest, prophet, and king through our baptism, sharing in Jesus' own ministry as priest, prophet, and king, and how that is, again, that's for everybody. Yeah. Uh, can I can I, can I I pick up on that? Because that is one concept that I thought, okay, that's kind of abstract, and I don't even know what it means. But you managed, I think, managed to kind of make it very tangible. So can you maybe give an example of how that would work? Like our baptism, we're all called by our baptism to be partakers in, you know, that priestly ministry. So what does that mean to me in my day to day? Exactly, exactly. And so again, like the, the flow of the book is, is kind of rooting it in the Franciscan expression and then sharing where the laity are, are given an inv invitation to share this as well. And so mm -hmm. uh, an essential component of our Franciscan charism and call is to do penance, is to offer our lives and sacrifice okay. um, for the world, right? And and just that, but that's the response to this very basic Christian fundamental, um, which I, I pull from from uh, Pope St. John Paul II, who said at one point that uh, prayer united with sacrifice is the greatest force in human mm -hmm. history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so just an invitation to our, our laity, especially those, right, who have loved ones, who have spouses, who have children, who have kind of gone astray, who are mm -hmm. struggling with the faith, who are struggling with addiction, who are struggling in their marriages. It's just this reminder that prayer united with a little bit of sacrifice, um, it, it gives us access to the greatest force 
in human history. And maybe you can't just get in there and, and have a tough conversation and have them change their course. But what you can do is you can pray with a little, like a little, a little, some, a little offering of something up yeah. and, and give that to the Lord and trust in his power. Right. And I love that you don't, that you make it very clear that you're not talking about sacrifice, you know, start sleeping only four hours every night or, or fast bread and water. You're talking about, sac- I mean, we're sacrificing things every day anyway. Yeah. Just being aware of what we're sacrificing yeah. and off like my grandmother. And I think everybody's grandmother used to say, offer it up. <laughs> right, right, right. And, that, and that's really important and really wise. And I thank you for, for pointing that out is particularly with, with some young people and those who are really enthusiastic, they think I'm going to offer something up. And again, it's like, okay, I'm yeah, going to only sleep, sleep on the floor yeah. three or four hours <laughs> a night. Right. It's like, no, I'm talking about like for six months, can you give up chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Or can you give up dark chocolate? Something, yeah. um, something very small. If you, if you felt called to something bigger, I would definitely like, um, encourage you to offer to, to bounce that off of a priest, spiritual yeah. director, or something like that. Yeah. You do mention that in the book. So, so I don't, I don't know if that was the best example, but I, to me, that was one that spoke, that spoke uh, louder than others in the book. So the book is full of little examples like that. Uh, obviously tips, habits, um, and then it, can you explain a little bit of how you organize the, is it a book that I can, that I need to read in order? Can I just open a chapter and read a section? You have reflections and questions for reflection. Kind of what is your hope as to how people can use the book and why you organize it the way you organized it? Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of freedom and space for how somebody reads them. Primarily though, my, my concern is that um, chapter one and two don't, just get considered as like step one of two of equal value okay. to the rest of it. Okay. Right. Cause the, the first two are talking about prayer and, and community life or shared life. Yeah. And like, like prayer, prayer is not just one thing that we do of prayer is like foundational and fundamental. And so my encouragement is uh, okay. like that, that gets kind of a little extra time in our prayer, in our reflection, in our implementation um, that we, yeah. Like, cause my concern is just, there's so many good people who are, who are, sincere and desires, but we're struggling so much to pray. We're struggling mm-hmm. so much to pray. And if, if we're not praying, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's true. And that's a good point, actually. And I wonder if, if all people get out of the book is they can figure out how they can pray better, pray more often, then, then that that's a huge step in, in holiness and getting to holiness. Um, I was just thinking, as you mentioned that, that, that maybe the lot, the final chapter is also one that makes sense at the end. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I think so. Yeah, I do think so. Um, it's, it's funny. It's, it's either great at the very end or it's great at the very beginning, yeah, depending yeah, on yeah. Like, how you want to look at it. But right. The, the last chapter we talk about, um, the mechanics of conversion. Yeah. Right. And it's just, um, I ended with that chapter and it was sort of the last, it wasn't the part of the original vision. Okay. But my, my concern, and I've, I've experienced it so much in my own life is just like, I get started and I, and I make some change for a week or two weeks and then I'm back to normal. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to really offer people some strategy um, to kind of meet their, their sincerity and conversion and having long, like long-term behavioral change and following Jesus. Yeah, it's good. Um, thank you. The, 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 I, I love how you organized it. I like the questions are, are you know, it's easy to, the, the, the sections are short enough so people can read them. They can reflect on the questions so they can even take some of these ideas to prayer if you're looking for things to pray about. Um, so I uh, highly recommend people to pick up a copy of Habits for Holiness. Um, Father Mark Mary, it's been great speaking with you. It's nice meeting you. Um, 
thank you for, for what you're doing and for putting out the book. And I don't know if there's any final thoughts that you want to give our, our listeners so that to encourage them to, uh, as they move towards sainthood. Yeah. Deacon Pedro, thanks for having me. It's just the encouragement that, uh, it is possible following Jesus conversion, radical holiness, even though the world's crazy, it, it is possible. It is possible. It is possible. And it's not, yeah. It might be difficult, but it's not complicated. Yeah, I think so. Exactly. Thank you, Father Mark, Mary, uh, again. Thank you for, for writing the book and for being with us today. Deacon Pedro, thank you. Father Mark Mary Ames, he's the Director of Communications for the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, and he's the main host of the Ascension Presents video series, The CFRs. His book, Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress, is published by Ascension. And here now is our featured artist of the week, Steve Bell, with Because We Hunkered Down from his new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know? These bleak and freezing seasons may mean grace when they are memory. In time to come, when we speak truth, they'll take their place, telling the story. journey home through dark December and stark January with all his disappointments and the dreary work of February
That was Steve Bell with Because We Hunkered Down from his latest album, Wouldn't You Love to Know. We first met Steve Bell in December 2018, but of course, I had heard of Steve Bell some 20 years ago, as he is perhaps Canada's best well-known Christian troubadour. Over his 25-year career, Steve has published some 25 albums. In 2018, he authored a series of books, Pilgrim Year. That's why we featured him on the Sultanite Hour. Now Steve has a new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know? And wouldn't you love to know why he chose that title? I'm sure that'll be the first question we ask him. It's a classic, you know, it's classic Steve Bell with powerful lyrics inspired by poetry, scripture, and life experiences set to beautiful music with that homey acoustic feel. And so I'm very, very happy to welcome Steve Bell back to the Salt and Light Hour. Steve, it's good to see you again. You too, Pedro. Thank you. So yeah, wouldn't you love to know where what, what, what how did, well that is the title track. So there's a track. So why did where does that title come from? It, it actually came from a uh, there's a, a N.T. Wright who's an English uh, oh, yeah. theologian. Yeah, uh, he wrote. I just was I just kind of follow him online. I often read his sermons, and there was, uh-huh. a, there was I saw online this title to a sermon that he preached somewhere, and the title was "Wouldn't You Love to Know," yeah. and and I thought. Well, yes, I would love to know. I'm not sure what the, you know. I'm not sure what about, but so, and so, and it was kind of because, and so the actual just that that title made me want to read like what is he talking about? And right. Of course, it ended up being a, a discussion of epist- uh, I think it's called epistemology. Yeah, like how do we know things? How do we yeah. actually? How do we know things? And in the modern world, we think of knowing things from the scientific method. Yeah. Uh, we think of it as being you know like you you apply these scientific things to something, you come to know it, and then you can. Yeah you can build on that knowledge and do stuff with it. Um, right. And, but but he says that there's an older way of knowing that that actually is more accurate and that he, he basically made the point that we don't really ever know what we don't first love. Oh. Um, and that true knowledge of a thing is preceded by love of the thing. Yes. That you can't know what you don't love. So we're not talking about, I mean, I can tell you things about my wife that are true, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean you know her. No. Right. Uh, if you want to know Nancy Bell, you kind of have to love her. Yeah. Otherwise, she's never going to let you in on on the truth of who she is. Right. Yeah. You know. Um, true. But you, I, I can give you enough information that you could recognize her at the airport, um, but mm-hmm. you don't know her. To yeah. know her, you must love her. And so yeah. he would he would apply the same principle to pretty much all things in, in yeah. creation. Yeah, and I guess um, it makes sense yeah. with even talking about Jesus. A lot of people know a lot about Jesus. Yes, but if they exactly. don't know Jesus, you don't have a personal relationship. Right. Then well, what exactly. good is all that knowledge? Yeah. And when you hear, say, for example, non-Christians or, or people who are not committed to Christ um, describe uh, Christianity from an outsider's viewpoint, they always get it, get it wrong, even if their facts are right. Yes. Yeah. And it's, be- and, and, and it's because yeah. of that they can't know. It's not. It's not that they refuse to or they're stupid. It's that love precedes knowledge. And if you don't yeah. love it, you just don't know it. Yeah. Now, would you, I always, I'm always intrigued as to how uh, songwriters, like how, how do you decide which is the title of the actual album? And quite often, as, as you know, as you did this time, it's, it's a, there's a song. Would you say that that, like, why did you pick that as the album title? Would you think that that kind of 
summarizes because you have songs about family and about climate change and about yeah. suffering and yeah but they're but they're all they all sort of fall under this this category so even like climate change you know they they you know for, for one if, if you don't if you don't love god's earth yeah you know, you, okay. you're not you're not going to really get involved you know okay. if you don't do you know what i mean if you don't yeah. love these yeah. things and so it really does i think most of the songs um do sort of come out of that basic here's sort of a um a worldview or a founding principle from which everything else flows yeah is that, okay that we start it. with love i get it um, i get it and so i think that's why and also then just from a marketing standpoint it's cute no yeah it is it's yeah, clever. like like at, at just yeah, yeah it's just clever. There's, so so and clever always sort of works a little bit you that's don't want not to the too... answer i was looking for <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah but you know it's, it's funny because you know when whenever i do an album i mean i sometimes there's an obvious to me um an obvious theme and that ends up becoming the album title yeah but sometimes there's just there's a phrase in a in a song lyric or there's a, a song title that just it flows well in the tongue it sort of gives an indicator and and so i just pick it because it sounds right or feels right yeah this yes one right just felt right to yeah me. it feels right so so but i but i like what you said first that that it's all about i mean it's really all about love so even a song like in praise of decay yeah um it's about would you say it's about love or you know the beautiful blessing of bearing it's, that's not the song love. title, but you know, it's all about love. You know, how do we love suffering? How do we love letting go of things so that new things can come out of that? Yeah, yeah, and 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 so if 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 love is the is the is the is the prerequisite to knowledge, um, then then the the key work is love. Yeah. Right, and that should be our number one thing. And now, now in an age of increasing um, act, uh, um, anxiety and anger yeah and polarization um mm. these are the kinds of things that we need to be hearing right now right. you know so if you're a conservative mm -hmm. you you have nothing to say about liberals if you don't love them huh. I don't, you know yeah. if you're a liberal you yeah. have nothing to say about conservatives yeah. if you don't love them that's good advice yeah, yeah. And 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 see what we're, we're always trying to do is like what's wrong with those people, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like if like how could they be so stupid? You know how can, you know rather than saying like that's but my my I don't think Christ calls us to figure other people out first no, and foremost. No, I think what he, we're those who love know God because God is love. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, interesting. You know, and so it's it's that's John. That's gospel. I'm, that's not Steve. Yes. That's, yeah. Um, yeah. That's 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 from the the apostle. It's not, yes. that's not my 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 opinion about something. And it's so true in this that, yeah. in, in this particular age, and especially where we've got increasing divisions in society, uh, for Christians in particular, I think we've got to ask the question: What does love look like in in this situation? Before mm -hmm. we speak, before we engage, um, and if I don't love the other, I probably shouldn't be speaking about them as if so, I, as if I know them. Did you? I mean, it's it seems so simple and obvious, but of course, it's like, wow, why didn't I think of that before? Did you did you come to that realization in working through the album? Does the fact that we were in lockdown, pandemic, did that have any influence in kind of you coming up with that simple that nugget of wisdom? 
Well, I think, well, no, it wasn't all so much, I think because a lot of this album was was created in at least the songs were all written before COVID. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I wanted so to ask a, you about, yeah, because we hunkered it's, it's, down. Yeah, is, because we hunkered down sounds like I wrote this. Sounds like you COVID. wrote it. No, no. Yeah, I no. Did, the, the lyric um, is comes from a, a poem that Malcolm Guyte wrote. Right. Several years ago. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Under, you know, and so it, um, yeah, I know people, people have thought I've been so clever to put together such a great clear response to COVID <laughs> so quickly. And and these are just the songs that were in my back pocket when COVID Interesting. hit. Interesting. Um, the book that I wrote was all written in COVID. Yeah. And so there's a little bit more, you'll, it, 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 where I'm starting to realize that these things are, are connected and some of the songs are prescient. They're almost prophetic, but. Well, um, that's, that's what I was going to say. Do you find yeah. that, I mean, even though the songs were written before, clearly this was the right time for this album to come together yeah yeah and i and, and i wouldn't i mean i'm not the kind of guy who goes therefore i'm a prophet you know or, <laughs> you know, or anything like that but i i do think that that i mean clearly um that 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 the arts and prophetic gifts are there's a there's some sort of connection in there yeah yeah and that the artists yeah. you know their their radars are up in a way that other people's aren't that doesn't make them special or smarter it's just it's just it's the gift that they have mm -hmm. um and so often you know, I've I've found that I've written songs, or friends have written songs, uh, and they're not fortune tellers. They don't know, um, but mm. the song knew more than they did. Yeah, and I and I have often yeah. found that my songs are wiser than I am. That my yeah. songs know things that I don't know. The song, um, yeah. the song write writes them. you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then and then th then I go to my songs have often been my own mentors later. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I realize I've written songs. In, I wrote songs in my thirties that my fifty-year-old self needed to hear. Right. Yes, um, it's true. And I, I don't really, I mean, I, some people could theologically unpack that. I don't have those skills. It just is what it is. Yes, no. You know? And and I, I think it also shows, I know you're being humble. It shows openness to the spirit, that the spirit is guiding what needs to be written when and when people need mm -hmm. to hear it. And, you know, um, and I think that you have an openness to that and that because you're an artist, but also because you're a Christian, because you're a man of prayer. Yeah. Um, and you're still only 30. What do you mean songs you wrote when you were 30? <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my fifth grandchild is, is, is coming, is, is going to, uh, is going to make an appearance in a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Congratulations. Anyway, Steve, um, congratulations on this album. Thank you for, for just what you continue gifting to the world. And uh, it, it's good to chat with you. Thank you for telling us about it today. I thank you for just even being interested. I'm I'm really honored that you would be. <laughs> Always interested. So keep on writing and we'll keep okay. you keep asking you questions about it. <laughs> thank you, man. Okay. All right, Steve Bell, thank you. You can learn all about Steve Bell and purchase his new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know, at his website, stevebell.com. If you missed any part of this interview, head on over to slmedia.org slash podcast. All our programs are archived there. Here now to take us out is Steve Bell with the title track of his new album, Wouldn't You Love to Know. If you have to love the truth Just to know if it is true Wouldn't you love to know? If the essence of a thing Begs to hear your tender wooing Wouldn't you love to know? If you can't know a part Without delighting in the whole Wouldn't you love to know? If you'd never know a kiss Without first cherishing the soul Wouldn't you love to know? 
We're listening to Steve Bell with Wouldn't You Love to Know from his album of the same name. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at slmedia.org. Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Next week, Hannah Schaefer is back with more music, and we speak about the new Roe v. Wade movie, so you don't want to miss that. Be sure to join the Praying of the Rosary throughout the month of May with our Holy Father for an end to the pandemic, and say a prayer for the National March for Life, which will be in Ottawa this Thursday, May 13th, which is also Ascension Thursday, and the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. So, that's a great day to have a March for Life. Stay safe, continue praying for each other, and take care of each other. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. See the wonder-stricken child Hear the elders wise and song Wouldn't you love to wouldn't you love to know? Wouldn't you love?